If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Hey everyone, and hope you enjoyed this very special episode of Dice Will Roll. Just a reminder that Dice Will Roll is one of the 10 finalists in the Audioverse 2020 Awards in the Improvised Production category. We're the only Pathfinder 2nd Edition actual play podcast in this category. We would really appreciate you guys taking some time to vote for us and help keep this show rolling. The cast has been working really hard on making the show as excellent as possible. And if we were to win this, it would be huge for us. So we'd really appreciate you guys taking a few minutes, going to www.audioverseawards.net slash vote and taking 10 minutes to vote in the awards and put us as your number one choice for improvised production. Thank you all so much and enjoy the rest of the episode. where the gayest Pathfinder podcast on the planet sits back, relaxes, and has some guest stars. Hi, guys. Hi. Hi. Hello. 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 Welcome aboard. Um, so, hey, everyone. Uh, this is a very special episode of uh, Behind the Rolls. For one thing, uh, it's not locked behind a paywall because that would be a terrible cross-promotion. Um, and second off, like I mentioned, we got some guests here from Beadle and Grimm. Uh, do you guys want to introduce yourselves? Yeah, uh, Justice, you want to go first? No, I'd like to go second. Okay, you go second. <laughs> uh, my, name, uh, I, my name is Matthew Lillard, and I'm one of the founders of uh, Beetle and Grimms. Uh-huh. Uh, and just, just to clarify again, because we didn't figure this out until, like, five minutes before we started recording. Which is hilarious. <laughs> this is my favorite part. This is my favorite part. <laughs> that, 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 that much you learned? <laughs> uh, that is yes i have so my name is matthew Lord. i if you were born in the 90s you may know who i am uh i'm an actor i've been in a bunch of movies um i played shaggy and scooby-doo i was in scream i'm on a show called good girls um but yeah I, i'm assuming when you say that matthew lillard um yeah. you're talking about yeah, the, that matthew lillard. the tall skinny kid from Dude, the 90s I love you yeah. 13 ghosts yes that's the same one yes <laughs> 
My, I, I need you to understand that finally I have something my dad will be proud of. I'll go home and says, hey, dad, you know, Scream, that movie you love? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, wow, have I got news for you. Um, <laughs> so I hope he loves you more because of it. That's my only hope. <laughs> got me too, man. <laughs> okay. Um, um, and Justice, hi. Do you want to introduce yourself as well? Yes, um, my name is Justice. I'm a writer and goblin at Beetle and Grimm's. Um, I was born in the 90s, and I, I have heard of Matt and uh, <laughs> have, have uh, interacted with him both in person and online. But was your first interaction with him the same as this? Like, like that, was it also I don't like remember. That? I think the, the moment that stands out to me the largest in my mind of Matt was the day I saw him eat an entire burger in one bite um, <laughs> as he ran out Sorry. to catch a taxi. And I was like, that's, that's my boss. That's powerful. <laughs> I will say this. I, I, remember awesome. you, I remember you dressed up in cosplay at Gen Con. I'm like, this dude is a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, but we're not here to discuss any acting careers today. We are here to discuss uh, lots of lots of things. First off, we're not like this isn't just us like talking exclusively about a product. But uh, you guys are here for tabletop reasons. Do you want to talk about that real fast? Yeah. Um, so I am one of the founders. There's there's five founders in all of a company called Beetle and Grimm's, and we make high end boxed editions of Dungeons and Dragons releases. And um, we've been around for a couple of years now. We've done, I think, seven boxes we're releasing. We just got done doing um, the Icewind Dale uh, Rhyme of the Frost Maiden box. And then mm -hmm. at the end of this month, we'll release the Legendary Curse of Strahd box edition. And Ooh. we are very excited to announce uh, we started a Kickstarter uh, two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And what we are doing is we're creating what we call the Character uh, Chronicles. And it is a book that includes um, a huge uh, character sheet, the rules to run that character class, and a huge journal all in one book. So we're doing that for Pathfinder. That's the right? Yeah, that's Pathfinder, and we, um, we launched it on Kickstarter just a couple weeks ago. So mm -hmm. we're excited to talk to you guys about that here today. Super, yeah. I'm looking. I want you to know that I was already like super into. Um, I should actually talk about um, how, like how we got the request. Like, hey, do you want to collab? Because like I was going through like our Twitter messages, and I was like, okay, here's something in like the message request. It's from someone that we're not following, so it's probably spam. And I click it open. And I see from Beetle and Grim. Like, oh, I know Beetle and Grim. Probably a copycat account, though, right? No, <laughs> no, it super was not. <laughs> So, so that's yeah, how we need my to get day verified. was. Yeah, um, but yeah, you so, don't trust um, a lot of people. That's what I'm getting from this I, conversation. I, yeah, you, you're <laughs> starting to uncover me a lot faster than many people do. I'm highly suspicious. Um, <laughs> but anyway, um, okay. So the way that we're going to do this is we have some uh, user suggested questions. Um, a lot of these are kind of like aimed at all of us. Uh, towards the second half of the show, I got a fun little activity for us to do. Um, but uh, before anything else, I guess a good way to kind of like get to know you two guys uh, specifically pretty well is um, I want to ask, what are your like experiences with TTRPG? Like what got you into Dungeons and Dragons, Pathfinder, whatever? 
Go ahead, Justin. Um, so I was uh, I was a I was 19. I was out in Provo, Utah, mm-hmm. and uh, this guy came up to me from my apartment complex and said, hey, what are you doing uh, this Friday? And I said, hello there. And uh, he said, uh, would you like to play Dungeons and Dragons? And I said, is that that game where you're in the basement with all those weird dice and in costume? And he was like, basically, but a little different. And I said, "Eh, that seems a little bit past my nerdiness. And he said, "Um, well, you can be whatever you'd like. I said, can I be this minotaur with a powdered wig that's called Beethoven who carries a harpsichord? And he said, you can just come a little bit early and we'll make that together. And I said, "Okay." And uh, so, yes, I've been playing like eight years now. I gotta say, like, the balls on this guy to come up to basically a stranger and be like, wanna be a minotaur? Because honestly, I wish I had that confidence. <laughs> That's funny. And you followed him into the creepy apartment. I don't know, dude. That doesn't sound like a good <laughs> Yeah, I did follow him. In. I was an RA there at the time, so I was pretty familiar uh, with... We had to... Actually, you had to, like, clean your apartment really well. This is not in scope, so... Mm-hmm. Yes, TTRPGs. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to hear about me inspecting bathtubs. Yeah, it just gets for, creepier and creepier. I'm going to bail you Mr. Clean. Uh, so, yeah, so uh, I started playing back in 1977. I'm very old. For those of you playing at home. 77. Was D&D out then? Yeah, it was. Uh, well, yeah. I'm making that up. Maybe that was the year Chain Star Man, Wars right? came out. No. No, I, t- I think it was. It would have been like what? Advanced at the time? Maybe. Well, yeah. I mean, we started playing first edition. I mean, we started playing first edition. We'd go down to David Larson, Adam Harrison, Brett Byrne, and I would ride our bikes down to the local oh, game wow. shop and we would buy lead figures every week and we'd come back and play those characters for a week and then go down, buy another lead figure on our bicycles, come back, paint it, and then play that character. And we did that for years. Um, and then around Whoa. junior high school, I stopped playing and then Beetle and Grimm's was. We started it all four of the five of the founders of the company went to acting school in New York. Um, mm-hmm. And we dis- and my roommate at the time, John, who's one of the founders, had all of his um, advanced D&D 3.5 books in uh, on his bookshelf in our apartment because we lived together. I'm like, why do you have D&D books? He's like, I still play. I'm like, we should play. And I think I was probably drunk at the time, and I don't think I really meant it. (laughs) But he he was like, "Uh, okay, yeah, let's play. And so we got a couple of guys together from school, and those same guys are now my partners, and we've been playing for 30 years. So, Oh, my God. Honestly, goals, frankly. Like, to get that sounds like the ultimate experience. Well, it was pretty great. Look, I have to say that... um, you know, it's it's sort of our favorite thing to do every Father's Day. We're all dads. We all have jobs. And, you know, you know, most of us are married still. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and, and if we had to choose what we want to do for our own sort of joy, it's to be together around a table. And about uh, four years ago now, we were looking for something else. I mean, to be completely honest, we were all sort of in the middle mm-hmm. of a midlife crisis. I mean, we, you know. We had careers and, you know, we had kids and we were just looking for something else to do. And we'd get together and and game. And then we'd start having these conversations about like, well, what if we did an escape room or what if we did like what if we made a bar? Like, what if we opened a bar like with a theme of gaming? And 
So we started banging around these ideas. And then one day, Bill, who's one of my partners, said, you know, I've got I think I've got the idea. Why doesn't everyone come over on Saturday and we'll hang out and I'll pitch it to you. And so Mm -hmm. we gathered around the table and he's like, here's the idea. The idea for the company was pitched like this. He's like, if. You know, if you're out there and you love a band like Pearl Jam, like you're going to buy, you know, you're obviously going to download the music, but like the real fan goes out and purchases, you know, the vinyl. But the ultimate Mm -hmm. fan is the one that goes out and buys the boxed edition with liner notes Mm -hmm. and special photos and sort of the extraordinary version of of that musical experience. And so he his pitch was like, I think we should be that for Dungeons and Dragons, because what we don't have in time and energy as grown adults, we do have we could possibly have in money. And so. (laughs) right i mean you would rather like for us like we would love to do props we would love to create incredible Mm -hmm. gaming maps we would love to create like you know all the the you know the the handouts or the ransom note or but we just you know there's no time so if somebody's going to do that for us and if we as a group of five grown you know men choose to buy a box that provides all that well that's going to elevate our gaming experience and we don't get to play that often anyway so why wouldn't we want the best gaming experience we could? So that, that's sort of the idea behind the company and how it was created. And, you know, we launched at D&D, um, D&D Live event three years ago. And, you know, we've been growing sort of exponentially ever since. That was honestly the sweetest backstory to this company I could have ever imagined. What? I love that. <laughs> that is so heartwarming. There's a lot of arguing. There's a lot of crying. There's... You know, one of the things about the company is drinking. Don't forget about the drinking. There's a lot of drinking. (laughs) Justice, justice can attest to the fact that we. That makes it sound like I'm the drinker. Yeah. (laughs) Once a quarter, we do something called the drunken mailbag, which never ends up in a good place. Um, But yeah, I mean, we, you know, the thing about the company is that, you know, we went out and found three people or they found us actually in the community. Um, Justice being the first, who basically were you the first? Was Jace? Jason was the first. I think I think I was one of the last ones to get hired, but I think I was one of the first ones to find y'all. I don't remember if Jason was at D and D Live in LA, but I came and saw y'all in 2018 at Gen Con um, and ran into Bill. I was of course in costume um, when I came upon y'all's booth. You know, you, it was before Waterdeep Dragon Heist had actually released, so you all couldn't show anything. Um, but I put down for that first Platinum Edition because I thought about what you are saying. I said, this is so dope. Um, this would save me so much time. Everybody loves props. They love map tiles and stuff. I wouldn't have to draw on my chess board like an hour before session. Um, and it turns out that that Bill and I um, we both work in healthcare, and our hospitals shared the same name. Um, so I would I would email Bill once a month, uh, you know, stressing out over these emails to get the wording perfectly, um, trying to get them to uh, trying to be able to work for them. And then the following year at Gen Con, I worked in in y'all's booth, and I'd, I'd like to think I did okay because I'm still here. <laughs> well, dude, you are the. I mean, I'll, I'll say it right now on uh, the Discord radio box you are a, st- a stud we love you <laughs> <laughs> appreciate it okay so you have to teach people... me how to eat those burgers <laughs> <laughs> okay 
So, um, if so, if people want to support um, the uh, want to support this Kickstarter specifically, uh, where should they be going? Oh, okay, that sounds like a a pretty stupid question considering Kickstarter Beetle and Grimm. How do I find the Kickstarter for Beetle and Grimm? Go to Google and you look up Kickstarter Beetle and Grimm. But um, <laughs> like, uh, can you tell us quickly about the uh, Kickstarter itself? And uh, once you tell us a little about that, we can start going around the table with our question segment. Yeah, great. I mean, basically the idea is that we create high-end box experiences that are primarily built for a DM, right? It, it, mm-hmm. it, the players enjoy it, but the DMs usually are the ones um, that are getting the most use out of our boxes. And one of our goals is to create elements for every player around the table. I mean, our right now, our our business strategy is... Do we think it's awesome? If we think it's awesome, can we figure out how to make it? And so one of the things that we did is that we um, we sort of love this idea of having one book that you could take to every game that you can at the end of a character's journey, whether it's you know one adventure, whether it's multiple adventures, whether it's six months or a year or 10 years, being able to have one book that collected all the stories from that adventure and being able to retire that character, right? So well, what would mm-hmm. go into that? I mean, obviously everyone's seen journals in the RPG community, but like, how can we make it different than what everyone else has done? And that's why as a licensee, we went out and licensed the right to, to take in the rules. So if you're running a wizard, um, you know, all your spells, all your feats, all your skills, everything for your wizard is collected in this one book. So that, you know, you don't have to go through the cleric spells. You don't have to figure out, you know, the your feet versus the fighter's feet or the sorcerer's feet. So um, it's everything's curated for that class. And then we have a killer sort of like multiple prompts journal. So as you go through, you can journal about the adventure of your character. And then the character sheet is extensive. The more information, our belief is that the more information that we ask you, the more you fill out, the better you know, the more grounded that character is going to be, the more sort of full that character's life's going to be for you as the player. And therefore, that will make your game that much more engaged. So all three elements mm-hmm. in one book that you can leave to your children when you're dead. <laughs> I mean, you know, it is really a sweet concept of like being able to put a character's entire life story like in something. So like even like 10 years in the future, you're like, Oh, I remember back when we were playing Kingmaker or something. Just pick up and look through your character sheet and be like, "Ah, oh, I remember all of this." You know, it seems like a really, like I, I think I, the best way I can put it is like a fitting concept for like a character that you bring from level one up to like level twenty or whatever. Like it's a very, mm-hmm. very fun concept. Yeah. Yeah. There's also some really cool stuff that we're doing uh, for the Kickstarter. Like um, there are unique dice sets for each mm-hmm. of the of the classes that have books with really beautiful, mm-hmm. um, unique style of art on them. Um, and we actually have a referral program through the Kickstarter where um, if you share a referral link with enough people, you get a, a really awesome physical uh, Pathfinder Society coin. Um, and if you do it with an, if you share it to enough people, you can get a dice set and even a shirt. The dice sets are really cool. The dice sets have incredible art, but what we did is we went, okay, if you're running a wizard, what are the dice specific dice that a wizard's going to use a lot? So they're going to use a lot of, uh, D8s for fireballs. Um, so we, we actually curate the dice. It's not like a seven set of dice, a seven 
piece dice set. Mm-hmm. It's specifically curated for your class. So um, that's so cool. Yeah, really they're really cool. it's really cool. We uh we love those those dice set. and the art's really cool. And you know, part of our thing is, you know, can we make everything accessible? Um, mm-hmm. so it's not very expensive. So honestly, this it seems like a, like a dream come true for like so many uh, accessory people. So if you are listening to this yeah. and you're like, "Damn, that sounds cool as hell," go to the Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Go, you can get go like support yeah. them. Come on, and, and the stuff that's the, the the stuff that's in the books too. It's uh, it's not just like SRD content uh, mm-hmm. through the Open Gaming License. This includes. Um, you know, exclusive stuff through our licensing with with Paizo um, that, y- y- you know, you have to usually buy the book to get access to these spells. Um, yeah, and the art's incredible. I mean, the, I have to say, we neither Justice or I did anything really to help build this <laughs> Kickstarter, this book program. Um, it all kind of came through Charlie and Bill, our two partners, um, and they've done an incredible job pulling together all this art from the Pathfinder universe, um, all the rules from Advanced Player's Guide. Um, and what's the other one? It's the uh, core rulebook and the Advanced Player's Guide. Mm. So all the rules pulled from there. We have unbelievable cartographers in there that have like, created all these different elements to get out your, your character. It's, um, I mean, there's a birth certificate in it. Yeah, birth certificate, death certificate. There's a, a place to draw your keep. There's your your <laughs> enemies, your vendettas. All it's really super fun. That's so cool. God damn it! I'm gonna have to. I I already support it, but I'm gonna go have to go back and do it a second time afterwards. I want more. Okay. <laughs> well, don't forget to use the referral link. I will yeah. make sure to use That's the referral true. link. Okay. <laughs> so now that we have uh, hopefully convinced you into uh, supporting this Kickstarter now. That doesn't uh, convince you. I don't know what the hell will. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> fuck's sake! Like, come on, that's <laughs> <laughs> worked, right? Are we pushing it too hard? We may have pushed it too hard. It's awesome. No. Just go check it out, right? I mean, our whole thing is go like, ahead. if you see it, we think you're gonna dig it. So go fucking check it out. Mm-hmm. That's it. Okay. Yeah. So uh, what we're gonna do now is uh, we are going to go uh, into our question segment. So the way that this works is that we have, I have a list of twenty six questions. We're not going to be going through all of them. Uh, we absolutely wouldn't have time for that. Uh, but the way that this works is I'm going to ask you each to randomly choose one number between 1 and 26, and I will ask a question, and everyone around the table can get, like, a few moments to be like, well, here's my answer to it. Then 38! 38! 38! 38 is too big for 20, uh, 26 numbers, but you know what? <laughs> I will just loop back to the start. 26, loop back. Uh, 12. We'll say 12. Okay, cool. So, hopping right into it, at 12... Um, Okay, so the question here is, what kind of stuff do you use to inspire you when you're making a character? Like video games, books, where do you draw that inspiration oh. from? Ooh, that's a I good one. I don't think has a very good answer. <laughs> um, so I, I yeah, have okay, a tendency yeah. to pull a lot, of inf- a lot of inspiration from different things. Mm-hmm. So um, the way that I normally did it in a character... In, my illustration class from when I was doing uh, my graphic design stuff, um, my, one of my favorite professors was was like, all right, uh, randomly pick three words. That's your character. Mm-hmm. And I try to follow that as close to um, as close as I can. So. I'll 
try to put I'll put together something random. I'll draw out a few concepts and it depends on what aspect of the character I'm thinking of first. It what de depending on the aspect I'm thinking about, it'll I'll pull in inspiration from different things. So like mm -hmm. personality wise, for me to feel like a like a little bit of a connection to the character, I'll pick something out that's just like very random. So for example, Casca has my pride. Ariado has mm -hmm. my fieriness when I <laughs> tend to be and when I'm not the quiet person that I normally am. Mm -hmm. um, when it comes to clothing, it's... That also depends on like what kind of video game I'm, I'm into. It's mostly things related to Square Enix because I mm -hmm. put together very complicated um, designs. It. I just have a tendency to pick and choose from different things that, that um, I'm surrounded by. So mm -hmm. anime, video games. Um, personality traits that I don't normally um exude yeah just to give my just to give my characters like a bit more variety and mm -hmm. for them to be their own person without them being just me yeah, yeah. they're like they, your characters always seem like uh an aspect of you rather than just like a like direct copy of you and i i they really make for dynamic characters yeah okay who else wants to answer that one <laughs> Oh, uh, Ritz was saying something before. Oh yeah, yeah. I forgot. Uh, <laughs> usually when I make characters, I just take whatever I'm thinking about at the time and make something that I know I would like with that kind of like idea. Like I'll be thinking mm -hmm. about um I don't know, just like something the idea of like being, I don't know, like messy or like generally like unkempt and i'll mm -hmm. try to like make a character that would generally be that or like look like that um and i'll just run with it like even to the point where the character is no longer that because usually when i make characters they do not end up like i originally make them mm. uh usually end up completely different than like my original idea unless it's like something like clown because i'll always stick with something like that but just because you like clowns. <laughs> Don't call me up. Make, even when you're not making a clown, your characters tend to be clowns. That's true. It's I always like, got to make them clownish in some aspect, because that's just and fun. I say that very lovingly. Um, <laughs> but, Justice, yeah. Dave, and Matt, what about you guys? I uh, look at the... Because I make... Well, if I'm making a character just on its own, I'll pick, what, I'll, I'll pick and choose from whatever piece of media that I'm super into to fuck around with. Um, but if I'm making a character for, like, a story, like a campaign, mm -hmm. um, I will look at the campaign, and I want to build, like, the perf... Like, what I would think is, first of all, the most fun for me, but also a character that would fit the best in the world. Because I think that's fun. I like, mm -hmm. uh, like I made um, my character for Extinction Curse, our circus campaign, um, into, I wanted to, my first thought was, one, I wanted them to be human, two, I wanted them to be gender fluid, and three, I wanted them to be extremely flamboyant because they're in the circus. Um, and then I just went from there. I think you got, to, you got all those uh, pretty head on. Yeah. 
<laughs> I was pretty happy with that. And uh, <coughs> just a smad, this is going to be fun because I don't know what kind of characters you play, so this is going to be a fun insight. Um, I typically, I, I usually like to pick a character. Uh, I like to look at what the character can do and then mm-hmm. put a strange kind of spin on that ability. You know, think about um, what that kind of person would be like if they had access to that. What do those abilities that they have in context or in combat mean outside of combat? Um, I mean, huh. this morning I was talking about how there, how you could have an artificer that um, uses knitting needles or something, uh, and all of their creations are very cuddly and look like something from like Kirby's epic yarn. Um, you you know they might go around knitting sweaters of defense, or uh, you know their armor could be you know all fuzzy and stuff while they're kicking ass. Um, or like a monk that uses those same knitting needles as acupuncture for their stunning strikes. <laughs> so, um, and then I usually go from there. That's really fun. Uh, coincidentally, Ritz actually kind of does something like that with their uh, clown character, who's a barbarian. And instead of uh, raging with anger, they tur- like kind of go, what is silly mode, we say, right? Yeah, silly mode. Yeah, Sounds starts- way more scary. <laughs> it's terrifying. It is, it is actually generally upsetting sometimes. Offsetting, yeah. It's funny. <laughs> it's great. Matt and I actually that played would fit in perfectly a... in Justice's world. He he wrote a an adventure that took uh-huh. place in a circus that was demented. Ooh. Yeah, there's like there's like mimes that have invisible shivs, and uh, you know there's like a there's a pair of clown shoes that lets you pull pies out of thin air and like blind people with them. Oh, I'm writing so this perfect. down for our campaign. One second. <laughs> <laughs> it has uh, su- sweet milk. Everyone has to drink the sweet milk. <laughs> oh my god! Watch me try and it didn't sell super well. Oh good. <laughs> okay. How about you, Matt? What kind of character? Where do you get your inspiration when you're putting a character together? Yeah, I, you know, for me, it's all about imagination. I mean, my life mm-hmm. is. So I've grown up playing with my imagination. It's my job. I'm an actor, obviously. So like that, that it's like dreaming. You know, I don't pull it. I try not to pull it from media. I also find myself fitting in as best I can with who else has been chosen. Um, I like to round out groups, which makes me play characters I, I may not normally play. Like um, I just got done playing a druid, which is now my favorite character. Um, mm. Because we sort of needed that instead of a ranger, I played a ranger. And that's the other thing. Other characters, characters I haven't played yet. Like, I'm always like, I, would lo- I like to find new things um, and play in new things. And then, and then for me, like, more, the, the more specific I can be about character creation, about backstory, about um, code, about what I believe in. Like, taking a, like, it, same thing with acting. The more you define those choices the more you buy into those choices the 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 more fun it is to play um so having a character that has a real strong moral code that may not be the most um you know politically correct or may you know you may fight for odd things but that he's willing to die for those things. I mean, that's why I love playing a paladin. A paladin is so clear on what they believe that they'll go headstrong, you know, headfirst into unwinnable circumstances because that's their belief. Um, so th- those are the kind of characters I like to play. Well, you're, you're very right about the paladin. They are the best <laughs> class. 
There you go. I mean, that righteousness is like so fun to play. Very, very fun. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's my favorite class. So. <laughs> okay. It's a okay. Good class. So, uh, next uh, question. We now need to go between 1 and 25, because we've got one that's been knocked out. Hey, that's what's something. Uh, 10. Okay, 10. Um, okay, this is a fun one. Um, what is the most embarrassing blunder you've ever made on a character sheet, if any? And I have an excellent answer for this, because it's humiliating. Um, so I was playing, uh, I think maybe a year or two ago, um, I was playing uh, 5e with some friends. Um, I don't usually play 5e, but it's their favorite system, so, you know, indulge them. Um, and I decided, you know, I'm going to make a Dragonborn, a Paladin, blah, blah, blah. I'm having fun. And uh, her name is Ocario. And I think it's about three months into the campaign that I look at her name section and realize that Ocario wasn't her name. I had written down something completely different and been calling her that out loud, never once actually looking at the name I put down her sheet, which was like something completely different. I think it was something like Lavelle or something. I don't know how I managed to do that for three months, but I sure did it. The fuck? I can do that. I don't know how I did that, but I did, and it haunts me to this day. <laughs> what about the rest of you? Um... Terry, I have one, and you you know about this yeah, one. Yeah, I know this, this one. Is, <laughs> uh, the only people who don't know about this is Mad Justice, but when I first started playing tabletop, uh, I didn't know anything. I didn't know shit from anything. Um, and I was a little bit too afraid to ask what I was doing wrong with anything. So Derry gave me this sheet, and he was mm -hmm. like, okay, every time you level up, uh, if you need help, just ask me. <laughs> and usually Derry would help me and um it was it was fine, it was good. And then one day Derry just didn't ask anymore if I needed help. And so long story short, I didn't level my character up for like ten entire levels, and then I was like, why am I so weak? What's happening? Why do I keep rolling like high but not hitting anything? This That's sucks. Hilarious. I hate this. I hate playing tabletop. <laughs> I remember, I remember, I was like, hang on, how could your perception be this low? One second, going in, and there was a few moments of like, Ritz, what the fuck? <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> I had, so I have a, a pretty severe learning disability, and which is probably one of the reasons I ended up as an actor. And I will never forget playing as a young kid. I had misspelled the word sword. Um, oh, no. And I was, and I played with very smart, like the, my buddies were all very bright. Um, mm -hmm. uh, and, and I was bright too. I just wasn't a good speller. And <laughs> they mocked me for a long time because I spelled it wrong. And I will tell you that, you know, those little moments as a kid where you're like called out or you're singled out for being different or for screwing something up, like the mm -hmm. impact you have that it has on a kid um, has never left me. So when you asked that question, I immediately knew because it is because it's been with me my whole life. This idea that, mm -hmm. um, you know, being mocked for not being able to spell. Mm hmm. It's, it's a little things from when you're a kid. They just, uh, it sticks at you. That, yeah, I don't blame you for immediately jumping to that, though. Yeah. Um, what about uh, Dave, KK, or Justice? Do either of you have uh, 
Anything that sticks out or are you masters at making your sheet? Um, I don't think I'm a master at making my sheets. I just hand them to you and say help me. <laughs> that, that's <laughs> cheating, it doesn't I'd, count. I don't like to risk it. <laughs> I mean, fair. Okay. If it's a fuck-up, it's Terry's fault. That's fair. <laughs> I've made a few fuck-ups on your behalf. I think I, like, gave you treasure and then never actually put on your sheet. Which, yep. I guess, is my fault, but not entirely. I'm not, I'm not taking full blame on that one. Mm. Listen, fine. Okay, about the rest of you. Uh, do you have anything to say, or would you like to move on to the next question? I'm usually the DM, so I, I uh, <laughs> uh, my stuff's pretty my stuff's pretty airtight. Um, mm -hmm. But I have misinterpreted a few rules. The one being the song of rest on the bard. Uh -huh. I used to let the bard. Uh, you you get to roll like a like a you know a die every time they short rest. Mm -hmm. And uh, I thought that you added that die for every hit die they spent, so they would mm -hmm. get. And this went on for a long time. So they were they were up at high level play. And I'm like, damn, I'm hitting them so hard. They just took down five giants and yet they're back at full health. What is happening? Oh, and then no. I was and then uh, somebody said uh, something. They're like, oh, yeah, I wish Song arrested more health at another group. And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> it does plenty. <laughs> how how was um, how was breaking the news to the players? <laughs> They took it really well. Okay, that's fair at least. And then they, and then they took the next five giants not so well. Ooh, <laughs> uh. <laughs> Ooh five giants! I can get, I can feel that. Um, they can handle it though. Okay. Uh, do we want to ask the next question? Sure. Okay. I'm, hey, hang on a oh, second. You have oh, one. You have okay. one. Oh. Um, I just assumed you didn't make mistakes. <laughs> you forget you forgot about our first campaign here okay. Oh, okay let's go what was it what was it oh um, my god no i know what it was i was an idiot and i didn't know that you had that you didn't add your attack modifier to your damage modifier i mm -hmm. think all of us made that mistake well, it was, so so basically um, first context. my my alchemist my uh, my uh alchemist I love very dearly mm -hmm. uh, had the, I think, explosive missile um, mm -hmm. thing her, for yeah. her for her crossbow. Yeah. Which added her bomb damage to the actual like crossbow <laughs> damage. She didn't miss often. Uh, <laughs> and I was doing like upwards of like 100 damage at level 10. Jeez. So. For context, basically, I let them add their level two damage because I misinterpreted the rules. And for the final boss of that fucking campaign, I was like, okay, I'm going. Like, I looked at the stat block that was printed and I was like, they're going to rip through this guy. He's only got like 190 HP. I'm going to make him have 1000 HP. And they still ripped through him in an hour. Like. <laughs> And I remember afterwards being like, how do I stop my players from doing this? And they're like, dude, you're. You're not supposed to add level to damage. And me being a first time GM looking at the sheet and be like, fucking, maybe them yeah, having I a think plus I 45 caught to that damage. a little bit afterwards because I started actually reading the rules. And, uh, <laughs> it was a moment of, oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah, and now I read everything. I read all the rules. I make sure that if I have a spellcaster, I copy paste every single word into like mm -hmm. the, the direct boxes that need to be there, so I don't miss anything because I don't want to break the game again. <laughs> <laughs> that was my fault. That was entirely my fault. You're too aware of your power. <laughs> okay. okay, so uh, next question. Give me uh, one to twenty-four. 
Eight. Okay, eight. Let's see. Okay. So what is your go-to damage source, whether it's a weapon or a specific spell? What do you use when, like, you're, you have a character? Like, it can be, like, if your character had all the options in the world open, what is the signature thing you love to go to? Oh, shit. Um, I think... That's hard. Yeah. It is hard, but I have, like, a favorite spell, if that counts. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. There, you know that I love uh, Fireball a lot. That's, like, one of my favorite spells. Of course. <laughs> Not just because it hits other people, because it usually hits me, is the thing. That's do you, why I do like you want to real so fast uh, tell our good friends, Matthew Lillard and Justice, about oh. the, fucking, <laughs> the fucking incident? Again, from our first campaign, we had no idea what we were doing, and I Ritz can't. made some, some choice mistakes. How very many campaigns have you guys had at this point? Oh, one, two, three, four. Carrion Crown, Hell's okay, Rebels. Hell's Rebels, Tyrant's uh, Grass, Kingmaker. Kingmaker, Extinction Curse. This is the fifth one. Yeah. Oh my god. And you guys finished the whole campaign? Yeah. We level have. Level 20. A lot. Yeah, we play pretty often. <laughs> the first character, the same character that I didn't level up for 10 goddamn levels. Mm-hmm. Um, he, Love him. His go-to is Fireball, and like, uh, he kind of uh, made <coughs> me love the spell. Uh, because, I don't know how to describe it, but I, I, I don't like always succeeding in my roles so whenever i do fail miserably it's kind of funny Mm. to me um but uh we had infiltrated this like werewolf Mm -hmm. cult i think i don't remember what it was but it was just like a pack of werewolves um my character had shifted into uh like a shitty wolf yeah you'd use illusory disguise but you hadn't done it very well so it was very clearly a fake (laughs) Like it looked like it. It looked like someone wearing a mascot outfit. Yeah, and instead of saying some like cool line to like fuck with them, he said some stupid shit like, "We're gonna prevent yeah, you your walk, knives." Well, the way it worked uh, is like you walked then... in, completely failing your intimidation check. You look absolutely garbage. <laughs> the two werewolf high priests or whatever they turn to you and they're like, "Who are you?" And you, instead of dropping a cool one-liner, and I remember this so dearly, we're the knife preventers, and we're here to prevent oh. your knives. And they just stare at you because that was the stupidest shit you could have ever said. It doesn't make any sense. And then what happened, Ritz? I rolled a nat one on Fireball. <laughs> I fucking put myself under. I killed my character. Just, you blew yourself up. Not no, permanently. Not permanently. You. That's but hilarious. He, he was so close to dying. If we didn't have a, uh, a healer there... I hundred percent. If you didn't have like two half healers there, because I had, I was an alchemist and Dave was a paladin. <laughs> yeah, with the amount of damage that I did, it almost literally insta killed me. Still one of the funniest, the funniest things that has ever happened to anyone in a, like any of the campaigns I've run. Because just the the conga line of failure, everything that could go wrong <laughs> did go wrong. Oh. You see, the thing is, is that, and this this goes into mine. You completely failed everything that you did, and then I walked in and I, and I one-shot mm-hmm. that boss. Um, with this, I just like swords. I like using a sword. I'm a simple guy. I like oh. knowing that it's. I like knowing that I can do it consistently, and um, I'm really bad with with uh, spellcasters because I get really nervous about using up the mm-hmm. spell slots. Because mm-hmm. um, I don't want to run out. Um, because I'm that kind of person. Um. So I usually just, I like swords. I also just think they look cool, so. Hmm. Um, swords are cool. I, I think the way that you one-shot him was you got, a, like, you got a nat 20 on a holy smite against him with a weapon he was, which, a weapon made of silver. 
which instantly just fucking killed him. And that was the end of that fight. Yep. It literally, before, he, uh, before anything happens, this high priest is like, okay, so some guy just blew up. Oh, that guy, oh, oh I'm dead. Cool. That's, that's it. Boss no reaction over. time. Um, so yeah. To say that we, I, I do like when, when, you know, in combat, our game is always celebrated cool moves. And sometimes you, you, you know, you get like you can get an advantage or you can get like a D6 or like mm-hmm. it is. So we are always about like, I'm going to cast grease on the steps. I'm going to cast, you know, a, a, you know, a wind or drama, uh, thaumaturgy or I mean, dramaturgy is not a spell, um, but the idea of a casting. <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious. <laughs> but the idea of casting something funky. Um, which sometimes goes terribly wrong, but that's sort of how combat works in our in our home game. Oh, I li- li- listen. Grease is a great spell. Grease is a fucking great. <laughs> spell. It's very fun. Grease is like heat metal. Like I love a heat metal spell. Yeah. Yeah. Oh you, KK? You uh, seem to like you use those a lot. Use but, like, a lot. But, like, but like, do you have a preferred sort of damage? Um, I am leaning more towards like spellcaster mm-hmm. damage just because they're a lot of fun and I like the, um, how versatile some spellcasters can be. It also depends on the character. Um, what spell I like normally like using is like a signature spell. So like Casca was like a fireball slash polar ray kind of person. Mm-hmm. Uh... Ariado, I definitely really like using Admonishing Ray, <laughs> mostly because I like the idea of her shadow boxing different moves. So like she'll punch the air and then the the boss will get punched in the face. It's really fun. It is. For context, uh, Admonishing Ray is a it basically it makes a giant glowing fist in the air to like swap people or based around your fist. And it's very fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, the best thing that i think she's ever done was tumble run through the uh the circus stage and then immediately once she was about to land was uh shadow box kick a person in the back of the head yeah it was great that was amazing that was even like a recent one too that was really good yeah i just like anything that's that i could make flashy or has a has an underlying effect so like polar ray also i think inflicts a slow yes. or an enfeeblement on the uh on the target so mm-hmm. if i get to fuck up the other person <laughs> i'm good <laughs> okay justice you you said you're always a gm as well which i think for this then we'll uh we'll alter it a little bit which what kind of monsters do you like damaging your players with oh gosh um <laughs> Well, um, I like I like combos with monsters. So finding a unique synergy and throwing two monsters that might mm-hmm. be able to to put them in kind of a, an encounter that feels puzzleish while fighting something like you know a, a, a stone giant that can conjure walls of stone mm-hmm. with you know some sort of you know cloaker that has like a can breathe out rays of acid clouds Mm -hmm. or something so then the acid cloud goes down the walls come up and you're you know you're still facing these foes while trying to you know get out of this scenario 
Um, but I, I don't know. I, I, I respect the monsters pretty hard. Mm-hmm. I think the thing that brought me to D and D and fantasy was always the monsters. I used to run around pretending to find <laughs> creatures when I was a kid with, you know, the Spiderwick Chronicles books yeah! and the field oh my God, guides and all that. For so long, sorry. Oh my God. Yeah, super awesome. Okay. So I, I mean, when it, it, I think we were, we've been playing with our current group for about three years now. Um, and, uh, there's still a bunch of iconic monsters they've never fought just because, you know, I want to foreshadow them and I want the monster to feel epic because a lot of these players are, you know, they're relatively, they started playing D and D with us, or they never got to do this back in the eighties and took a long hiatus. So, you know, when I put a mind flare at the table, Mm. I want them to know about it before I want them seeing the whole layer, you know, a chasm where if they fall, you know, they just plunge into the abyss sort of thing. Excellent. Yeah, I love I could not agree with you more. There's nothing there's nothing better than building up an iconic monster. Um, yeah, I don't I don't like just throwing a, you know, a respected monster, you know, into the mix. You got you to build uh, it up. And, oh, yeah, here's a beholder. It's like, mm, no, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I think the uh, best I've ever come, like the closest I've ever come to doing like something really like amping up the old school awesome D&D was in our last campaign we had a uh, like a boss who was a cyclops lich and like the whole surrounding area had like this mythology about him and like the the local centaurs like had legends about him like from thousands of years back the local people didn't believe in him and you know guess what happened to them because of it you gotta you gotta like amp up a monster to make it really threatening mm-hmm. if you want it to be threatening so I 100% agree with you there. From one forever GM to another. <laughs> okay. Um, so let's get, I think, one last question in before we uh, move on to the fun little activity I have planned for us at the end. Um, yeah, sure. And that'll take us about 10 minutes. So let's get one last question in. Uh, I think it's now uh, between 1 and 23. Two. Two. Very good. Um, okay. So can you guys tell us about one of the earliest characters you made, whether for tabletop or not, that you are still proud of? Um, so f- I guess the one I'd be most proud of, um, like just to guess, kind of like start in, is uh, I had a brawler. So she was kind of like a mix between a monk and a fighter. Um, her name was Nicole because I wasn't very creative. Um, this is me starting out being like, you, this regular people names works, right? Um, but she was like, uh, I guess half, like she was missing one of her arms and, uh, one of her eyes. So obviously she had an eye patch, but the thing that I really liked about her was she had this huge, like oversized metal arm, like one that could not feasibly work in any real world ever. So she had like cool, normal arm and massive hulking, uh, steel arm that she would, you know, when she got into a fight, you know, which arm is throwing most of those punches. <laughs> Um, and that's a character that I've, that's stuck with me for a long time. I've used her in a lot of different campaigns, a lot of different systems. I think, uh, my favorite of which was when we played her as a magical girl, uh, like Sailor Moon style. That was really fun. Um, but yeah, Nicole has always been, uh, out of all the characters I've ever played, when I get the chance to play, she's the one that stuck out to me. But you guys, do you got any old, old characters that you still love to think back on, especially now that like since we're talking about this whole thing with like the character journals like being able to immortalize that but if you guys could give one like a do a whole journal like that one of your old characters who would it be 
I'm wondering, Matt, which one are you going to say? There's so many incredible <laughs> stories to tell. Um, you know, I would say that probably my favorite was I played a, I played a ranger, a Hesmark ranger named Chagall Ashley, who okay. um, <laughs> I was dating a girl at the time who loved the painter Mark Chagall. <laughs> and I wanted her to okay. think I was kind of cool. So I named my character Chagall. And then we were going to have, if we ever got married, we were going to name our daughter Ashley. So that was the character's name, which I don't think I've thought about that in like 20 years, which is hilarious. Um, but that was the campaign that started the Beetle and Grimm's guys playing together. So I would probably choose that one. That's really sweet. Mm. What the rest of you? What do you, got, what do you guys got in store? Mm. I mean, if I had to choose a character that I was really, really proud of, like the first one that I was really proud of, to make um i think it would be one of my uh tabletop characters because i really <laughs> it's gonna be stupid but i made a character and i was i was really into like france at the moment uh so i france, named like sorry france like the country yes like the country okay um, cool. making sure france and also you, yeah. can say, you can say it, Ritz. I'm very proud of you. It's so embarrassing. You are, would you like me to say it for you? No, I was super into Hamilton. Um, but <laughs> I named the okay. character. It's okay, we all were. We were theater kids, Ritz. I named the hey. character. Most of us were theater kids. <laughs> <laughs> I was friends with theater kids. You don't need to rub it in that you are into theater kids. <laughs> I, I, I just became cool friends with a lot of theater kids. <laughs> Yeah, we but, can sing Hamilton um, right now from the get go. <laughs> if you want to start, I don't know the songs. <laughs> oh, how does a bastard orphan? <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Oh. Ritz, this is your dream. You've no, always this wanted to sing Hamilton with Matthew Lillard. Let's do this shit. <laughs> no, no, no. But, um, I I was super into that. Uh, so I named a character Voltaire Lafayette, and mm -hmm. I will never live that fact down, but... I, I told you at the time that you would regret this eventually, and I believe your exact words were like, no, I won't. Yeah, I said, I, I told you to fuck off, and uh, I, yeah. I made it anyway. Um, and you were right. <laughs> I did regret <laughs> it, um, which is why I gave him, like, a, uh, uh, that, like, was his fake name or whatever, because... You know, you make edgy characters when you're like a when you're a teenager. Um, but I I was proud of him. I was proud of like the backstory I made for him because I it was the first time I really made a backstory for a character instead of just like making one. Because at that uh, before that point, I would just like design something and boom, it's a character and no need to like yeah. think about it any further. But name to a face and personality. That's it. No no history. This guy has just existed. Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> Uh, I, that was like the first character I really made with like an extensive backstory, and I'm I'm still proud of it. Like, uh, it doesn't always uh, measure up to what I uh, thought about it in the, in the in that moment, but I still like love it very dearly, and I'm very proud of it still. He still holds up words. You are underselling <laughs> yourself. He's still. I will also say again, this is the same character who blew himself up with a fireball. Like this is the same guy. <laughs> yeah, he he holds a very um, special place in my heart. Yeah. Uh, what about you two? Um, KK and... Or, or, no, sorry, I'm so used to saying you two. What about you three? Uh, just uh, Dave and KK. Um, the character that I think that I'm the most proud of is from the same campaign. 
um, oh, yeah? as Ritz. Um, his name is Angela Lormer. Uh, he was a paladin of, uh, of Iomide from the Galerion universe. Um, goddess of justice and uh, righteousness. She was the paladin goddess, you know, like yeah. the paladin goddess. I made him as a response because my first experience with tabletop was extremely bad, and the GM didn't teach me how to build a character, so I had built the weakest, uh, the, the, the weakest bard in the world because I literally <laughs> didn't know how to play the game. Um, and I was always really like anxious about that, so I ended up making a character who was just extremely physically strong, um, even though he didn't particularly look like it. Um, and um, I really like him, and I'm really proud of him because he was a character that um, I made when I needed him, and he was really just. I wanted to play a character who was really sweet and really kind, um, and I. May I just really liked him. He was fun to play. Um, he had an extremely high voice, um, <laughs> and I thought that was funny. Um, and I just had fun. I just uh, he remains to be the character that I had the most fun playing with. Um, mm-hmm. just based on a character, not on the mechanics. The mechanics were also your favorite. You don't have to lie, Dave. You love the paladin. <laughs> I yeah, and funny. <laughs> <laughs> I do love the paladin. Yeah. Um. Okay, just. I'd have to say the character that I'm most proud of is probably from our second campaign from Hell's mm-hmm. Rebels. Oh, um, really? Her name is uh, Numena Pyrrhos. Mm-hmm. She was a dishonored noble, I would say. Um, mm-hmm. She definitely did not fit in with her family because she was a follower of Saren Ray, the goddess of the goddess of healing and redemption, while her most of her family were uh, followers of Asmodeus, literal <laughs> devil. <laughs> I I'm most proud of her because I actually gave her like a detailed backstory that mm. I kept going back to and making things for because I just thought about I just thought about it like that often it was document real fast so So elaborate yeah it was so elaborate that I made a four-page google doc a full four-page google doc of everything (laughs) you did do that yeah I remember using that being like so how am I going to hurt Numena today let me see Ooh, her yeah. brother wants to join the guard, eh? Yeah. Wow, I have bad news for the new captain of the guard. Um, but it, yeah, Numenna was a treat, the gem. It, it went as far as like action, like full backstory, stories behind like her family, um, different parts of her life, theme songs that I actually made. So that way, <laughs> if I needed to get into character, I would just listen to those songs over and over again on YouTube. And those songs also like bring me back into the um that state of like playing Numena again. Who I think now that I think about it also still has like my favorite one E spell, which was uh I think it was Disintegrating Ray or something like that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, oh my god, what was it? Oh my god. Was it Searing? No, it was it was, uh, it was literally disintegrating ray or something like that. 
Oh my god, yes it was. Yeah, that was fucking nightmarish. I, you killed so many of my bosses! That, and I also had her stare down the big bad, use the actual Pythagorean theorem formula to see if I could reach him from the ground to the, to the high-ass balcony where he was, and it worked. This is why I had you help me in school, KK. <laughs> what about you, Just? Do you have any characters that you're still very fond of? Um, I made this, but I think my third character back in 3.5, I made this mm -hmm. character named Gil, who was he was a changeling who never really changed his appearance. He always mm -hmm. would appear as this um, this like renowned gang boss that had died like three years earlier. And he always like leveraged that reputation to intimidate and dissuade, you know, all these people. Um, but he was like at his core, like this super coward um, who was just who, who who he had ended up killing this mob boss through like the most pathetic, nefarious way. Um, and uh, he, he wasn't good at a whole lot, but he had he had a pair of flintlocks and I would I would always cast Unseen Servant before the fight. So that way, the Unseen Servant would just reload one. So he would just always be dropping and picking up these guns out of thin air. Uh, he was technically a bard, um, and I asked my DM, I was like, hey, I want to have guns. He's like, okay, that can be your instrument. So, like, his character sheet was like, instrument, gun. <laughs> that is so Honestly, the fucking power of that. I love that so much. <laughs> what do you play? <laughs> I play the gun. <laughs> I also absolutely love that everyone was like, well, here's a character that meant a lot to me, or here's a character I put a lot of thought into. And my character was like, it's a girl and she got big fists and she punched James. Yeehaw! <laughs> you are underselling how important that character is to you, but okay. <laughs> okay, in, in total fairness to pull the uh, blind spirit, that character is partially how Dave and I got close. We met in a, uh, not a tabletop setting exactly, but like in another RPG group. And uh, it was that character and Dave's character uh, interacting and meeting, because we'd known each other, but like, those two characters interacting and meeting was like the the thing that made me and Dave close in the first place, let alone like anything that happened afterwards. So that's a fun bit of uh, backstory. But um, I see that we've been we've we talked a lot of uh, questions, but I do have a very fun uh, activity that I've been looming over you like a like a fucking middle school teacher being like, OK, everyone, and if you behave, we'll get golden time. So, um, fellas, it's time for some golden time. Um, in in um, celebration, I guess, of this uh, cool character sheet uh, that will immortalize your uh, whatever you make for eternity in the coolest way possible, we're going to speed make randomly generated oh, characters. Um, right. Not like not doing the mechanics or anything, because that would be patently insane. But um, using the classes and uh, ancestries from Pathfinder 2nd Edition <coughs> and a fun little roll table I have made, I would ask if everyone has a d20 present, grab it, and if you don't, just look up random dice roller on Google or something, um, and everyone <laughs> will randomly generate uh, an ancestry and a class, and uh, will, as quick as possible, put together a... Uh, it would be a five-person party? Six-person party? Five-person party. A five-person party based on that, and it will be absolutely terrible and, you know, almost like we made it in a few seconds, but we're going to try that out. I don't know, it might be sexy. Fun? Yeah. All right, breaking down the carrying crown dice for this one. Okay. <laughs> I just rolled a natural one. 
<gasps> oh, this is unfortunate. You, you have to play a oh. human. Oh, the humanity. <laughs> oh, the humanity, oh. he says. Okay, so, Matt, you have to play a human. Roll me another d20 real fast. 17. Okay, a 17. Okay, so it's a human bard. So you have a few minutes now to quickly think to yourself, fuck, how do we make a cool human bard? Um, while the rest of us keep making our things, someone else give me a, give me a roll. 10. Okay, a 10. Okay, so uh, just you will be playing a catfolk. Mm. And roll me another one. So that'd five. be like a tabaxi. A five? A catfolk fighter. Interesting. Mm. Mm. Okay. Um, what did you roll, KK? 19. You are a half-orc. Okay, I'll, I can take Interesting. That. I've never seen you take one of these before. Let's go. Roll me another uh, d20. 18. Okay, that would be a half-orc cleric. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Mm. Very fun. Um, okay, you have a few minutes to think about that. Dalen Ritz. Opens up the deities tab. I rolled a 14. Okay. Oh, Ritz, you got an Azimar. <gasps> oh, shit. Okay, now roll me another d20. Okay. 12. A 12? An Azimar alchemist. Ooh. Okay, very fun, very fun. And Dave, uh, last but not least, give me a roll. Um, <clears throat> I rolled an 18. An 18? Uh, that would be a half-elf. All right. And give me, uh, give me a, uh, another one. Another 18, I swear to <laughs> God. <laughs> Matching. A half-elf? Barbarian. All right. Okay. So, uh, I'm going to give you a few seconds of quiet uh, to quickly panic and think of something um, and improv up the world's... You're going to need a name, an alignment, and a really shitty backstory descriptor and how they ended up in the fun little tavern that this adventure that will never happen uh, starts in and what they would be doing in said tavern. And we'll let our listeners come up with whatever wild adventure they uh, all go on. Maybe we'll draw something. Who knows? Uh, so when any, someone has an idea for their character, uh, speak up and give it. Uh, because I'm sure nobody wants to be the first, but one of you has to. So Yeah, I will. Okay. I'll start first because I rolled first. So my, uh, my character's name is Nana. Um, Nana, okay. She goes by Nana. And she okay. is a woman in like her mid-50s. She's okay. she, she has many children, and now she's grandmother okay. to like fourteen grandchildren. Um, okay. And she, the way she's always sort of kept them in order, and sort of what she's brought to her village is her ability to pay, play this huge drum. And so she, um, she's in the tavern tonight because she is. Uh, it's, it's a Thursday night. And that's her night to play. And she she brings in her own creations and plays her own stuff. Um, uh-huh, but she uh-huh. now that her her children have, are old enough and have moved out of the house, and her husband's passed along, she's um, just decided to become a bard and train in the ways of the bard. So she's a first level bard looking for adventure in this tavern. <laughs> she's this is her retirement plan become an adventurer that's wonderful i love it uh, she's she's always like been able to lift people up and and she's learned some basic rudimentary magic that she applies to her drumming oh, i love that so much excellent um so we've got nana she's in the corner of uh the oh my god i have to come up with a tavern name oh i have to improv too oh no you do 
The witch. <laughs> um, oh god, oh god, oh god. The uh sleeping Oh god, what's a fucking give me a monster that starts with an S. Oh my god. Uh, uh, salamander! Salamander! Ooh. The sleeping salamander! That's very good! Hell Excellent. Yeah. So we've got Nana, she's in the corner of the sleeping salamander. Uh who else do we got hanging around here? Uh I think I have an idea. Um okay. so you gave me an uh, an Asimar um alchemist. Alchemist, yes, that's right. Uh so I have made Sir Raphael the Slimy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. He is a he is an Asimar that hangs out in um in alleyways. And okay. whenever you enter those alleyways, he asks you if you want to see God and sells you something that you don't know what it is. Completely unlabeled. <laughs> Alright. How, how expensive is this? How expensive is the thing? Uh well, it costs you your entire wallet. <laughs> okay. Is it is this just a mugging? This sounds like a mugging. <laughs> it's a little bit of a mugging. <laughs> okay. And uh is he friends with Nana or is he uh is like what is because you two are in a party right now. Uh, I don't know. How, I don't know if you anyone know would want to be friends with this guy, but I think that he definitely would uh not refrain from trying to sell Nana anything. Oh boy. I have a feeling Nana's not gonna take any of that. <laughs> <laughs> unless unless he has okay. some painkillers so i mean okay so we have uh nana and sir Raphael the slimy does anyone else have a character turn together oh i'm sorry um, figure out a name yes my cat folk uh mm-hmm. fighter is named mancake the hairless <laughs> okay okay uh mancake the hairless was born in an unforgiving desert uh where mm-hmm. he had to shave all of his fur to keep cool Oh, um, no. His motto is "The world is my litter box." Um, <laughs> he's thin and prefers to keep others at a distance with his onyx halberd. Uh, okay, but when someone gets too close, he pops his glam claws, uh, which he studs with the many rubies he's unearthed in the sands. Ooh, I fucking love that! That's so cool. Um, he he is he is at this tavern. Um, because he's hoping that he can find someone um, to knit him some new lavish clothes um, and pick up the sweet deets uh, <laughs> on on the latest uh, fashions. He's disturbingly beautiful. <laughs> he's, he's a hairless cat, but he 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 has some manticore in his blood, so his face oh, is almost ooh. human. It's very disturbing. He and he only has uh, herbivore-like teeth, so they're all very <laughs> flat. Uh, but he has. A... <laughs> <laughs> I love it, but he has, but he has, uh, he has like a very flashy smile, like like mm-hmm. you'd expect of like somebody who wears dentures or is like in a photoshopped dentist's office picture. Uh-huh. Um, oh and he's like almost always smiling when he meets is- people. This is more it, fleshed out than half the stuff I get from ca- people I give months to make a character. I'm very impressed. This is scary. Who's that, uh, who's that guy that says, hello? I expect him to be like that when he walks in the room. He's like, hello. I'm imagining oh this my. guy in real life and I'm going to piss myself. That's terrible. He's like Freaky Fred from Courage the Cowardly Dog. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Freaky Fred is a great, is a great, uh, 
example of what his teeth look like. Excellent. Okay. Well, I think which I'm just going to go out on a on a uh, a guess and say that Sir Raphael de Slimy probably dresses really nice. And on the other hand, <laughs> and on the other hand, Nana, being a grandmother, of course, knows the best fashion. So you're not in bad company at all. Um, um good, good. Okay. Love that. Uh, Dave and KK, do you guys got anything? Uh, I don't have a last name or anything, uh, so okay. don't worry about that. Um, uh, she's a, I guess, a half elf barbarian, right? That's right. Um, she is like it's a uh, she's a girl. Uh, she's mm-hmm. like she looks like she's like twenty something. Um, mm-hmm. and she looks uh way too nervous to be a barbarian. You cannot tell. Okay. Who. Um, okay. She's just kind of uh, she's just kind of at the at the tavern because um, I, I don't know. I think she sort of she probably got like roped into it. Um, and now she's just sitting there um, trying not to. Uh, she's the type of person to not want to make a scene um, until until she has to. Um, and then she'll kill anything in sight. Uh, her name is Adela. I don't know if I said that. I have ADHD. Uh, her name is Adela. <laughs> So she's like, she's a very nervous 20-year-old, like, you know, anxiety incarnate, but God help you if you get on her nerves, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, God. so we have um, a granny who plays the drums, uh, a, a drug-dealing Azamar, I guess, um, a desert warrior cat uh, who is also Freaky Fred, and uh, a very nervous half-elf who is also the Incredible Hulk. Um, Keke, do you have a character? Yep. Okay, what's your character? So they are a non-binary half-orc. Okay, um, wonderful. Their name is Avray Graves. They are mm-hmm. actually pretty small in stature. They okay. are the nicest that they're the, they're one of the nicest people you can ever like encounter. Um and they're a cleric of Torag. Oh my god! That's the, um, for context, the, uh, dwarven god of family and foundries. Mm Mm-hmm. So what's their story? Why are they here? What's going on? I would say they're probably friends with someone in this, uh, in this bar. Mm -hmm. Um, they are very overprotected to the point where they would probably follow said friend around and make sure that everything is okay. Um, okay. so I should, this sounds like the perfect character to take care of Adele because I'm not sure Adele can cope by herself. It's Adela, not Adele. Adele, Adele is a wonderful Adele's singer. A singer though. My bad. <laughs> uh, they sound like the perfect person to take care of Adela because I'm not sure Adela can survive on the world on their own. That's true. Probably. Um, they're probably sitting beside Adela, but not exactly paying attention. Not, not entirely paying attention more so paying attention to the fact that there's a uh there's probably like a stray piece of leather that's poking out of their uh their very much bigger than them warhammer and they're trying to fix it mm-hmm. <laughs> it's taking their it's taking their entire attention span okay i want you to know i want you to know that kk this is the fucking cutest character you've ever made and you have to make this a real character sometime are you kidding me one day. Um, one day. So now the last thing uh, to get our uh, our adventure hook for an adventure that's never going to happen. 
Uh, I need you guys. Uh, I have opened up the Pathfinder monster list, uh, and I need you guys to choose a layer between uh, A to Z, and I'll choose a random monster from that list. And uh, that is the monster is about to burst into this tavern and cause mayhem. So layer between A to Z. Let's go. You really are European. E. E. Okay, let's see. E. And uh, I'm going to click, and it is. Oh my god. Yeah. Um. So I got. Elephant, and then in brackets, mammoth. <laughs> so we've got uh, Nana, Adela, Avare, Mancake, and uh, Raphael, all just kind of screwing around the bar, being like, gee, I sure hope something exciting happens soon. And all of a sudden, ba-dum, ba-dum, ba-dum. What's that in the background? It's a fucking mammoth. Roll initiative. <laughs> that, and then there's the whole mystery of how did this mammoth get here? That's not normal for a mammoth to do. Is someone charming mammoths? Maybe he just wanted a drink. Maybe he just maybe he just stopped the patron from getting a drink. That's extremely cruel. <laughs> Artists who listen to this show, I am begging you to make a uh, uh, some art of this party because that's fucking adorable. I might do it if I have some spare time. Um, okay, so I think we're almost done, but I have uh, one last question uh, specifically for Matt before we uh, close up. Because I realized at the very start of uh, the uh, recording, if I didn't ask this, I have several friends who would never forgive me for uh, missing this chance. Um, and it's oh, uh, I'm emailing you something now. Um, but if this uh, is like a dick ask, pic. I am not interested. It is not a dick <laughs> pic. I promise you it is not a dick pic. Um, unless. No, it's not. Um, Dairy. Stop that. So my, my question is, um, ha, have you ever seen, Matt, uh, the stat block that someone made? Yes. Uh, yeah, of course. Shaggy normal yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. What are your thoughts on it? I want to hear this from the horse's mouth. Well, I, um, look, I, when that whole thing came down and, and sort of blew up, um, mm-hmm. It's flat. I mean, the, you know, it's flattering, right? It's something that uh, it's a a character I played that I loved and has sort of, you know, I think the movie was kind of shunned and and it didn't get a lot of respect. But there's a whole, you know, there's multiple generations of kids that have grown up on it, and it mm-hmm. sort of holds that soft spot in their heart. And the fact that the power of Shaggy sort of became such a thing um that actually that stat block was done by weren't my friends over at wormwood gaming uh, oh, wow. yeah huh. so they're the ones wow. that, they're the ones that actually ended up making hold on a second pull you up yeah the guys the guys at wormwood um ended up making this uh stat block which was hilarious um wow. so yeah so that was and it was really funny because the day they did it we were in renegotiating our contract with wizards of the coast and they sent it to me and they're like dude you have to see this we're sending you something i'm like i'm about to walk into a really important meeting she's like they're like you gotta get on this you gotta check this out so it was very funny so that sort of took the meme that was going around and it took it to the next level which you know look it's um it's humbling it's super fun i just you know we're on discord and i just made my avatar that the all powerful shaggy so you know look it's it's it, as an actor you're you're lucky to have one part in your career that people can hold on to and i've been lucky enough to have a couple now and um you know it certainly has a soft spot in my, soft spot in my heart 
I'm really happy because sometimes these things can be like annoying or frustrating for people because you're like, oh my God, it's everywhere. This isn't like, like, get out of my face. It's really, really, I think I've like, we've seen like people talking about how sweet it is, but like, you've always like kind of really been um, appreciative of people like loving your work so much. So I think um, not only for your work on uh, this or like, you know, in uh, Scooby-Doo or Scream or whatever, but even your work here on Beetle and Grimm, thank you so much for putting so much work into everything. Yeah, thank you for saying that. I mean, look, it's, I'm, there are a lot of actors that get one movie or one chance and I've been lucky enough to spend my entire life doing what I love. And the longer mm -hmm. I'm around and the older I get, the more I appreciate, you know, my whole journey. So the good and the bad, right? I mean, I've had, it, it's not always easy. It's been hard. I've had hard mm -hmm. runs and great runs. And, you know, right now I'm in the middle of a good run with, um, I'm on a show called Good Girls here in the States that mm -hmm. is Very doing good. really well internationally. And I'm proud of it. I love the job and I'm, I'm getting paid and I'm feeding my kids and I'm lucky enough to sort of be living the dream. So. Um, but thank you for calling it out and saying that it's very nice and you know well, I, I think it would be a disservice not to so <laughs> so uh, that'll be it I think today everyone thank you all so much for uh, tuning in and thank you so much to Justin Matt for coming and uh, joining us on the show we cannot thank you enough for coming this was really fun yeah it was really great thank you guys thank you for having us and I, I love the exercise at the end and hearing everyone's <laughs> stories and um, thank you for just sort of exposing the kickstarter i mean we're looking for all the mm -hmm. help we can get and i just thank you guys for rallying and and having us on it's been super mm -hmm. um it's been great thank you so yes, reminder thank everyone, you for exposing us thank you so much for coming <laughs> reminder all our listeners go to the kickstarter go check it out it is worth every cent this is like a hall of fame for your character and like i don't if you're playing pathfinder second edition and like at this point if you don't have one of these you're gonna be missing out and i mean that as so like i mean this as someone who's just been watching from the outside so go check out beetle and grim on kickstarter uh Draw founder of these guys, I guess. See what you can come up with. And as always, everyone, keep it rolling. Have a great day. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. 
juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.